0: Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. So you want to do math centers but you're not exactly sure where to start. You're worried that your kids aren't going to work independently, or you're questioning how to plan and prep math centers when you're already struggling to get your lessons and activities planned for your students each and every day. So in today's episode, I want to talk all about the four separate math centers that you can use in your classroom. My name is Patty, and I have a new episode of Teaching with Madly Learning that drops every single week. It is our hope and our mission to help teachers in the junior grades, grades three, four, five, and six, to make teaching and learning much easier and fun for both you, the teacher, and your students. So, I want to dig into exactly what is Math Centers. So, many of you have grabbed the bulletin board you see on the wall behind me for free. And if you haven't, you can go to www.madlylearning.com forward slash math bulletin board to grab your free copy of the board. Now this bulletin board is your math command center for everything math in your classroom. It's where the students resources go for their math centers activities each week, where they will grab the papers or supplies that they may need, where they can access anchor charts and important information. You have a full bulletin board, a command center for how to run centers in your classroom. What exactly are you going to put on that bulletin board to fill it up? Well, there's four different components to my math centers, M, A, T, and H. So there are four centers in my math centers activities, and it just so happens they work out to use the math acronym, M, A, T, and H. Now, there are four different activities, possibly a fifth one that you can include in your math centers, depending on your student needs and your own needs as a teacher. So I also wanted to look at the math achievement chart. So we use an achievement chart here in Ontario that covers the different domains of assessment. So we have knowledge and understanding, thinking, application, and communication. So I wanted to make sure that the activities inside the math centers hit on those concepts because we want students to be practicing those throughout the week. Now, these are something that I'm not necessarily going to be evaluating. They're definitely going to be formative and they're going to be practiced. So they are the activities students are doing during the week that will allow them to practice the concepts being taught in the lessons and in the guided math lesson. And the reason we're using centers in the math classroom is to help facilitate guided math because guided math is going to be our opportunity to assess students' very carefully. We're going to be able to observe them, we're going to be able to have conversations with them, and they're going to be doing things for us right in front of us and helps us get the most amount of assessment data in the least amount of time. We need to have math centers to help facilitate those guided math activities. So what exactly is happening in each one of those centers? Well, under the M, we're really going to focus on the knowledge and understanding skills type questions. These are gonna be your basic practice questions. However, sometimes it's fun to plan lessons and activities within this M section that are really gonna be practice activities that allow students to have a little bit more fun than simply just a worksheet with questions on it. They can play games, they can solve puzzles, they can put things together, but really the key skill here is going to be focused on math, knowledge, and understanding type questions. In the second section under A is going to be apply learning. As teachers, we definitely know that our students in math need constant rehearsal and practice when it comes to problem solving. So we wanna give our students a chance to solve math problems. We wanna make sure that they can read these story problems, read and figure out what these problems are asking them to do and solve math in the context of a story or in the context of a situation. For some of our students, having this story or context around our math really helps to make math more concrete for them. It allows them to tell the story or paint the picture that gets them to apply what they've learned, those skills and knowledge tasks, and actually apply it in context so it makes it real for them. This is a great opportunity to use real world, real life experiences right in our math class for students to practice their concepts that they're learning each and every week. I'm going to skip T for a second. We're going to go straight to H. Math should be fun and students should be working in math, not just on math. So the H center for my math centers is hands-on learning. And this hands-on learning center is full of manipulatives and students really getting down and dirty in math, STEM activities, puzzles that they're solving, problems that they're building games that they're playing where they really have to just have some fun and get their hands involved and build things and make things. This is a great opportunity in this math center to have math be something they do physically with their hands, with their body. They model it, they show it. And this is a great opportunity in this center for them to experience math in a different way that doesn't always involve, say, a pencil paper worksheet. Now the last center is the T center. Now this can be two things, and it really will depend on the amount of time and your students and your access to resources. T can stand for either technology time or it can stand for time with teacher. And I use these both depending on the groups of students as well as my access to tech resources. If I don't have a lot of tech resources, then having a tech time in math sometimes is more difficult. So I will often use it as time with teacher. And that's the station where my students are assigned to come see me for guided math. And in guided math, I will walk students through in a small group, having them demonstrate the math concepts that are the focus for the week. And I will watch and observe and teach and see where they're struggling, what their thinking is looking like, and be able to make small tweaks and changes to how they're solving problems, come up with a different technique, and really individualize the math that they're doing and sort of really learn about who they are and how they solve problems in math class. The other day, we were teaching about converting fractions from improper to mixed fractions. Some students had no problem with this. They could understand the steps that were involved. If it was listed on an anchor chart, they knew exactly what steps they needed to do. For a lot of my students, they were like, okay, just another procedure. No problem. Convert fractions from an improper fraction to a mixed fraction. But there was a few students who were still struggling. So in a guided math session, I pulled those students back to the guided reading table, which I guess could just be called the guided instruction table now. We pulled them back to this table and I just had them show me what they were doing. I grabbed a whiteboard, quickly modeled a question. We did it together. And I started to notice that some students were really struggling simply just following the procedure. So instead of just following the list of steps that students had to follow to convert an improper to a mixed fraction, I showed it by modeling it with tally marks and then grouping the tally marks into how many full groups I had and how many left over. That was where the light bulbs clicked on for quite a few of the students that were at the back table with me. Now, I would not have realized that in a whole group lesson. I would not have seen where they were struggling. I wouldn't have been able to sort of think on my feet and problem solve and use my experience as a teacher to figure out exactly what those students needed. But in that moment, I was able to sort of know what they were doing, pick a strategy that was going to work because I could see where they were struggling and allowing them to move on and be able to practice. That is a great opportunity to use in your guided math center having students come to you and using a guided math lesson and really watching them do that. Alternatively, you can take the guided math session and completely move it out of your center's rotation and have a much more flexible math centers where you're still pulling kids to come see you, but it's not part of your center's rotation. If you have enough technology and access to technology in your classroom, this is a center activity that is a great opportunity to include In replace of that teacher time in the rotation, you're still doing teacher time, it's just not in the standard rotation, and adding in a fourth center here called tech time. We know as teachers, the technology is playing a vital and important role in our students when they're solving math. Learning how to use virtual manipulatives, playing digital games, learning how to code are all going to be components that could be included in your technology time and having students solve math using tech tools. There is graphing software. There are coding programs that students can use. There are games that they can play. There are activities such as boom cards, digital Google slides that allow them to move and manipulate math in ways that often is not simply as easily replicated on pencil and paper tests. The key here in the technology center is definitely still looking at how we can take that technology and Make it so that it is something richer than what we would be able to do on a pencil and paper task. And this is why having these four centers in your classroom while you're running math are going to be transformative for your students. It gives them something to practice, it gives you lots of opportunities to look at what they're doing, how they're solving questions, and allowing you to gather a lot of formative assessment data as they're working so that you know exactly where you need to go next. If you're looking for more information on how to run centers or the types of activities that you can be using in your math program, please check out www.ignitedmath.ca. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning.